Well, hey there, and welcome back to Black, White, and Greenfield. This is episode eight. Man, hard to believe. Eight episodes in. And as always, I'm your host, Zeb Greenfield, joined by my wife, Leah. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling good? I'm feeling good this morning. Looking good? Ah, thank you. Always. (laughs) Glad you guys are joining us. Thanks to those of you who have reviewed, rated, followed, shared the podcast. It's been super cool to see. Shout out to um, a recent reviewer, Sister 3 Yeah. We think we know who you are. Uh, <laughs> code name there. But no, thank you for reviewing the, the podcast and uh, just grateful for those of you who have found it to be helpful, uh, hopefully fun, uh, informative, inspiring, challenging, all of the adjectives uh, that we can throw out there. I don't know. Hopefully it's yeah, something like hopefully. that for some of you. <laughs> Um, but we're, we're glad to be here, and today we're going to be, um, in, in, in a few moments, jumping into uh, a really uh, cool topic, in my opinion, uh, something that I've spent some time working on the last couple of weeks here in preparation for today, and we're going to be talking about what the Bible has to say about race and racism and racial reconciliation mm. and ethnicities and all of those kinds of fun things. So uh, looking forward to diving into some of that. We won't probably even scratch the surface necessarily (laughs) in this short podcast episode, but uh, looking forward to diving into what does the Bible actually have to say on these topics that we've kind of been touching on over the course of this season. So uh, anyway, before we we do that, um, I just... uh, I guess was going to share a yeah, little bit about what's, what's been, been happening, happening <laughs> in my life, um, in, in our lives. And um, some of you may know, but I, I traveled out to New York last week uh, for the funeral service of my grandmother mm-hmm. and uh, 90 years old. And I just, it was good to be there and good to see family that I hadn't seen in, in a while. And as I was thinking about her and reflecting on her legacy and um, what my grandmother meant to me, you know, I didn't have a, a close relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as close as I would have liked to have had, probably, um, just being so far away, right? Being yeah. in Alaska, and she lives in Long Island, New York, and I mean, it's just a long way. And then, obviously, now being on the West Coast here in Seattle, and anyway. But what I do remember about my grandmother is her kindness, her graciousness, her generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, she always seemed to, um, whenever she visited, it was just a lot of fun. I just remember having a lot of fun. It's and and one of the things that I was. Um, talking with some of my cousins about is like every time she came and visit us it seems like she taught us a new card game (laughs) (laughs) which was uh always kind of fun and and uh and interesting to learn another uh, card game and she always had a card game always had a deck of cards that she was uh carrying with her it seems seems like anyway so anyway it was a good it was a good trip and good to get out there good to see family members that i hadn't seen in a really long time so grateful for for that opportunity to be able to do that and and uh yeah, yeah, just grateful for the life that my grandmother lived. Yeah, I didn't know her for very long, mm-hmm. but, you know, the times that I did get to visit, she was always, you know, gracious and mm-hmm. kind, and she loved our girls, mm-hmm. and our girls fell in love with her really quickly. Yeah, so. glad they got a chance to yeah. to meet her. Yeah. So Lonnie, Lonnie, our oldest, was um, actually shed some tears mm-hmm. uh, when she found out about uh, Gigi and, and uh, just you know, remembering mm-hmm. the the times that we did um, or the time that we actually ended up going to see her and all of that. So anyway, just grateful for that, um, that part of life, you know, yeah. it's, um, 
it's a part of life. It's an unfortunate part of life, but grateful for the life that she did live and, and the memories that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, as we, um, we want to kind of get right into uh, the meat of what we're, we want to talk about today um, to, uh, to, to kind of dive in. And we've got a lot of scriptures to cover or potentially cover. <laughs> we'll see how it goes today. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, what does the Bible have to say about um, race and racism and racial reconciliation and relationships uh, amongst mm-hmm. different ethnicities. And, and I just want to um, kind of start by maybe, um, I don't know if this is a caveat or not, but, but I think one of the, the things that I have intentionally kind of avoided is the term interracial, right? And uh-huh. I want to kind of talk about why that is today as we look at some scripture. Um, but I, I definitely, um, I definitely feel like the Bible has a lot to say. Yeah. Um, and which is not something that I necessarily heard growing up, right? Yeah. Like we only heard, and we've shared a little bit about this already, but we've only, we only heard like the negative side, right. <laughs> you know, or yeah. the the uh, scripture twisted it in, in negative ways towards, um, you know, multi-ethnic relationship or even just, uh, you know, race in general mm-hmm. um, and kind of those classes of, of people and so on and so forth. So where I want to begin today is at the end. I thought it'd be cool to go all the way to the end. Um, so in the book of Revelation, at the end of the Bible, in Revelation chapter five, the the writer of Revelation, the apostle John is is kind of, he's seeing these visions, right? He's seeing kind of a, a future that is to come. And in chapter five, he's describing something that he's seeing. And in verse number, um, verse number eight, I guess I'll start there. When he took the scroll and he's talking about Jesus uh, Mm -hmm. taking this scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, capital L that's, that's Jesus, the lamb, right? Each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And then in verse number nine, they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood. And here were the people that he purchased, right? So Jesus purchased by his blood, these people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign on earth. So right there at the end of time, when Jesus returns um, to set up his kingdom here on this earth. It's mm-hmm. going to be a kingdom filled with people from every tribe and tongue and, and or language and people and nation. Yeah. Right? How beautiful is That's that? That's going to be a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we get a glimpse into the future of what the kingdom of God is is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And um, I, just, I, I just have to like think about you know, what, what does the kingdom of God look like now, right? How are we preparing now for the future kingdom that is to come? And why, why can't we see this, a little bit of this, a, a snapshot of this, a little preview of this here yeah. in the now, right? Um, and so often, especially in some places within our country still, um, here on the West Coast, it's not really as much of a problem, Mm -hmm. I would say, but, but there are places and we've been in places where, you know, uh, you go into a church and it's basically all one (laughs) group of people, right? It's, it's pretty homogenous, you know, in, in its makeup. Uh, you love that word. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
but um you know, this is a picture of heaven. This is a picture of the kingdom of God. Uh, I truly believe in what we should see here, you know, in this life on this earth, um, a people from every tribe, language, people, and nation um, gathering together, mm-hmm. singing a song, right? Mm-hmm. Worshiping the lamb uh, as we come together um, because of one thing, and yeah. that is because of the gospel, Jesus purchasing us by his blood. And, and so the next passage that I want us to, to read through is Ephesians chapter two. And this is this is a really, really powerful passage of scripture that, that talks about um, what was a very uh, known, um, I don't, issue, I guess maybe problem at the time in, in, in this culture that Paul is writing to, uh, to the church of Ephesus here in Ephesians chapter two. The culture of the world at the time in in the in the eyes of the Jewish people, anyway, is 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 pretty much black and white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got the Jews and the Gentiles. You've right. got those who believe in Yahweh and believe in in God, and those who don't. Right. And it's it, funny. Even then, it wasn't it wasn't skin color. It was right. It was. Um, it was kind of like a religious identity yeah. culture, kind of that they had, but, but in, in many ways they had, uh, kind of created these boxes uh-huh. where it was Jews versus Gentiles. And, and, in, and, in, and in a Jewish person's mind, like, like one is, is good and one is bad. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. And I'm going to read several verses here. So hopefully you don't mind hearing some scripture. Uh, but I, I think you'll find this fascinating if you follow along Ephesians chapter two and verse 12, Paul writes at that time, You were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise. So he's describing these people, right? These these people that that are in in the Jewish person's mind an outcast, someone who's who's not worth you know their time, if you will. Um, So foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Again, the gospel Mm -hmm. purchased by his blood, Jesus' atonement on the cross. They were brought near by the blood of Christ for he is our peace who who made both groups. So those two groups that we were talking about, that he, he made both of those groups one through his blood, through his atonement, through his death on the cross. Uh, he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself, here it is, one new man mm-hmm. from the two, resulting in peace. Another version says it this way, one new humanity. Well, it, this is a, like, a, like a new group of people yeah. who, who are uh, in a different class, not, 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 in the, not in the classes of the day, not in the, the structures of the day, not in the, the systems of the day. But this is one new humanity mm-hmm. that God has created. He's torn down the walls and made it available for anyone to come through his blood. Paul continues to write here in verse 16. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. This this racism, this hostility, this prejudice, this this hatred that these people had for each other. Mm -hmm. Jesus put that hostility to death when he died on the cross. I mean, 
Come on, somebody. I mean, come on. <laughs> Say amen to that right there. Jesus put hostility. He put he put racism. He put hatred to death through the death uh, of, of, of Jesus on the cross. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access. We both have access in one spirit to the Father. And then verse 19, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. I mean, that is a beautiful picture of what the gospel is supposed to do mm-hmm. in a community, in a culture, in, in, a, in a country. It's supposed to break down walls of hostility, break down uh, walls of, of racism and hatred and bring people together yeah. into one household, into one family. Man, <laughs> I get excited about that. That's powerful. Uh, what Jesus has done to bring people of different classes, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different um, socioeconomic situations. He brings those people together um, through his blood. He makes a way for everybody to yeah. come. Uh, I heard it said um, when, I was a, when I was a kid, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, right? There, I think there's even yeah. a song about that that maybe your dad sang. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's so true. The ground is level. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus died so that we could all have access to God through him. Yeah. Man, we could stop right there. That's good. We could stop right there, but <laughs> there's more. There's more in scripture. And so I want, uh, Leah, I want you to read the next uh, couple of verses here. This is Galatians chapter 3 verses 27 and 29. And just by the way, we're reading out of the, the Christian Standard Bible today. Um, and so that's where these these verses are being read from. Yeah. So verse 27 says, for those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Man, there's a new identity, right? For yeah. someone who has been baptized into Jesus, right? There's this this new identity. It's no longer Jew or mm-hmm. Greek. It's no longer slave or free. It's no longer male or female. It's, it's th- those identities don't matter as much anymore. Yeah, right. And and you have to understand, much like today, still, right? People mm-hmm. people, um, when you meet somebody for the first time, they're, they're generally speaking, there's like questions that you ask. There's things that you're wanting to know. There's 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 things that you're interested in, so that you can kind of create a persona for this person, yeah. right? You want to kind of know, hey, what do you do for work? Hey, where, where, do you, where are you from? You know, uh, what, kind of, what kind of things do you, do you like to do? We, we begin to put people in these boxes. The same is true back in the first century when, when Paul is writing this. And yet he says, what really matters is not where you're from mm-hmm. or what you do or, or what job you have, right? Or, or, or what your gender is. That None of that really matters as much as what, what really matters is that you are heirs according to the promise. And this is actually a quick Bible study out there for you Bible nerds. Um, this is actually <laughs> a reference to a promise that God made to Abraham way back in the book of Genesis. So you can look this up on your own, uh, but Genesis 12, 3 in Genesis 18, 8, God made a promise to Abraham that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and that comes true in the gospel of Jesus. Jesus, obviously, an heir of Abraham. He was of the seed of Abraham, right? And, and through Jesus, now all of the nations, like we just read in Ephesians, have access to God and can yeah. come to him and come into a relationship with him and break down those walls and break down those barriers. So now there's no racial or societal or socioeconomic classes, but all are one in Christ. Yeah. So there you have it. Again, the Bible has a lot to say about how God has broken down the walls and the barriers and the, 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 the hostility that, you know, people in our world try to create and try to, you know, put people in boxes so, uh, you know, we can control them. Mm-hmm. You know, so that we can uh, keep them from, you know, what we want them to, to, to be kept from. Uh, a couple more here, and um, uh, that I that I find fascinating. One of my favorite verses, actually, uh, and this is one that that my dad actually quoted to me, or, or um, he would he would um, share with me way back several many years ago now. But but in Acts chapter seventeen, um, and, and before I'm, I'm gonna have Leah read this verse again, but before she does, in, in Acts seventeen, I would just want to lay the the groundwork of the context for this. Paul is in the ancient city of Athens, and he comes he comes into the city, and uh, you know he kind of just is walking around, kind of observing, um, and and he sees a city that's full of idols, and he he goes into the synagogue, he's, he's talking with the Jews, and then he goes into the marketplace, and he he's really just kind of looking for uh, a way to to begin sharing the gospel, <laughs> kind of ways to uh, to begin sharing about Jesus. And so as he's walking around, he makes his way to this place called Areopagus um, or Mars Hill. And so there in Mars Hill, he begins talking to uh, these people of Athens and, uh, and, and really begins kind of preaching to them about, um, you know, their, their religions and ultimately Jesus, who is, who, who is the, the true God and, and the answer to the questions that they have. Um, but in, there's a really cool verse in the middle of kind of this address that he's making to them, and it's verse 26. So Acts 17, 26, Leah, if you'll read that for us. Yeah. Um, From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. So it says he's he's made every nationality. So from one man, he has made every nationality. And actually in the King James version of this, um, it actually says from one blood. Mm. From one blood, God made every nationality, every human on this earth. And this is why I don't like the phrase or or the term um, interracial or multiracial or uh, even the idea of of us being different races and this is something that my dad taught me we're we're, there's one race Mm -hmm. the human race right we we are all of the same blood you cut us open both of us we're going to bleed the same the Mm -hmm. same color blood yeah (laughs) different types i think you have different type of blood than i do (laughs) but uh you know it's 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 one blood it's the same yeah um because we are uh, we are all created in God's image. We are all humans mm-hmm. um, created in the image of God, the Imago Dei. And, and each of us have uh, that as our identity, as, as um, humans created in the image of God. That's who we are. And so right here in kind of this middle of this address, Paul is just just really kind of sharing with the people of Athens that, that God is is ultimately the one who created us. Mm-hmm. He is the one who gave us life. It doesn't matter where you're from. And I'm sure in a city like Athens, there were people from all over the world, 
right? And 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 so he's speaking here about the fact that all of us are the same. Yeah. I all mean, of us. We all came from the same two people. It's true. And um, <laughs> I just find it interesting that, you know, um, most... Um, most pictures that you see of Adam and Eve, they're, you know, in the garden there, they look like white people, mm-hmm. <laughs> which um, if it was the case, you there's no way you would have all of these different beautiful skin tones. Mm. Um, I, I yeah. Well, you know why that is, right? Because... All of the artists were well. White. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, that was the ideal. Um, that was the ideal way to portray. Yeah. People. Right. And so you know they're usually portrayed as as white, but you know to have all of these different skin tones um, in the world today, it had to be. They had to be a little mm. bit darker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows exactly? Yeah. What their I mean, skin you don't know exactly like, what it looked like, but. Um, yeah. And, and God knew that Hmm. and he made them that way specifically so that we would have all these different skin tones and they're all beautiful and we're all the same race and we're all children of God. Absolutely. Ultimately, all of us are the offspring of God, right? God created Adam and Eve. He Mm -hmm. he formed Adam of the dust of the ground. He he formed Eve out of a a bone taken from, from Adam, right? Mm -hmm. He, he created humans, uh, mankind. Um, and, and so ultimately all of us are the offspring of God. And I, I just, I just love the creativity of our God and the, uh, the variety of our God, right? Like God could have created all of us to look the same, right? Yeah. He could have created all of the birds to be the same. He could have created all of the fish yeah. and, and all of the trees and, and all of the flowers, would that be? right? Like, like God in his wisdom and in his creativity has created this beautiful mosaic in all of his creation Mm -hmm. from the animal life to the plant life to the human life um he has created variety Mm -hmm. um and although no two humans are the same we all come from the same place we are all of the same blood um the same race the human race and so there's beauty in that uh, even though it is different, we're all the same, right? Uh, just, I think, one more uh, passage that I want us to read um, today, and then I've got some examples of some relationships in, in, in the Bible that I think are cool, examples of multi-ethnic relationships. But in Micah, uh, the, the prophet Micah in the Old Testament, uh, he writes, and also uh, the, the prophet Isaiah, um, almost exactly the same. They write about the same thing. How in the end, many nations will come to the mountain or, or up the mountain to the house of the Lord. And so this is uh, Micah 4, 1 through 3. And you can also find this in Isaiah 2, 2 through 4. But here's Micah's uh, writing. Uh, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. And many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so we may walk in his paths. For instruction will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among peoples. I'm sorry. He will settle disputes among many peoples and provide arbitration for strong nations that are far away. 
They will beat their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not take up the sword against nation, and they will never again train for war. I think that verse is actually emblazoned somewhere in the United Nations headquarters, right? Like this idea that nation would not go to war against nation is kind of an ideal that like our world yeah. thinks is 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 awesome and novel. And it's, it's going to happen mm-hmm. eventually when God sets up his kingdom and the house of the Lord, many peoples from every nation come streaming into the house of the Lord into the kingdom, into into eternity with God. Um, And so again, from Revelation to Genesis and everywhere in between, we see this beautiful plan that God has designed, and that is for every people, every nation, every tribe, every language uh, to be represented Mm -hmm. in his kingdom. And to kind of bring this to uh, maybe an application for for those of you who are listening, if that is the plan for eternity, how is that not possible here in the now? Yeah. Right? Like if we're supposed to uh, ultimately get to a place where the kingdom of God and, and heaven and eternity is filled with people from every tribe and tongue and nation and people, then, then why shouldn't we see that now, right? Why shouldn't we see that in our in our communities and in our churches represented now? And and I think we talked about this kind of a little bit last night, but it's just it's just curious to me. Like when that happens, when you bring these people together, right, from all these different backgrounds, well, naturally, what's going to happen, <laughs> right? Naturally, there are going to be relationships that form like you and I, right? There's going to be people from different backgrounds who begin to uh, date or get married or, you know, mm-hmm. begin a family together. And and then you have this, in my opinion, uh, a wonderful, incredible <laughs> blend uh, that is these cultures coming together. Yeah. Uh, because of, of one reason, that and that is the gospel. That is Jesus who has broken down the walls of hostility. So, anyway, there's a quick little... Bible study. Uh, the Bible has a lot more to say, uh, you know, about uh, racism and 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 prejudice and on all of that. We didn't even really get to yeah. talk about a lot of it, but um, <laughs> there's a lot more. One of the uh, I just wanted to to shout out two people right now um, specifically that if you're interested in learning more about these passages or these these topics in scripture. Um, Tony Evans is a pastor in Dallas. Um, he's got some great content that I was actually watching earlier this week on a, on a uh, site called Right Now Media. And so um, if you have access to that, you can go and he's, there's some great videos where Tony Evans talks about um, embracing oneness. So uh, as, as various different ethnicities, we embrace the oneness that is found in Jesus. And then um, another pastor that I follow and, and really enjoy learning from his uh, pastor Derwin Gray in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he's recently wrote a, a book about healing a racial divide. And so I haven't picked it up yet. I haven't read it yet. So when I do, uh, I'll be sure to uh, let you know about it. But those are just some some other people that have a lot more to say <laughs> in these particular areas. And I think could be beneficial if you're interested in learning more about what the Bible has to say um, on this particular topic. But I wanted to kind of give some uh, a little bit of a lighter you know, uh, ending to this, and that is talking about some some relationships in Scripture. Do you have this in front of you? Can can you help me with some of these? Um, the first one that that I thought of was was Moses. 
uh, in Numbers 12, if you look at, at, at that um, later on on your own time. But Moses actually uh, married a woman who is from Cush, which if you look that up is actually talking about Africa. Um, Egypt and Cush were, were kind of border countries, if you will, border areas. And so here he had married a woman from Cush. Well, some people didn't like that. <laughs> They weren't too happy. Specifically, his sister and brother uh-huh. uh, didn't uh, take fondly to that. And and God actually rebuked them mm-hmm. uh, publicly, um, cast Miriam out of the camp. She was um, um, thrown out for like a week where she had to remain outside of the camp because she challenged Moses on on this particular um so that there, there's like a, a really kind of in-your-face example yeah. of uh, of a multi-ethnic relationship in Scripture that that God had something to say about. But um, th- another one is uh, that I thought of is Timothy, um, who in Acts chapter 16, Paul interacts with this young man named Timothy, uh, who had a Jewish mother and a Greek father, mm-hmm. and so here's a man who is multi-ethnic in in his in his makeup in his DNA. Yeah. Um, and God was able to use him in, in incredible ways. And we read about him uh, numerous times in the New Testament. But what's another one, Leah, of a yeah, multi-ethnic so, relationship? Um, Solomon, mm. actually. Um, in Song of Solomon, you see that he is um, with a woman who is darker. Yes. And I find it, in- I mean, people will say, well, Solomon's not a good example. Like he had multiple sure. wives and all that stuff. But I find it interesting that there's an entire book. Mm written about you know um solomon and this love affair that he had this wife that he had yeah and it's interesting that that's i mean god chose to Mm. include that in the bible yeah um for sure yeah it's it's a beautiful story and a beautiful story of of god's love for us Mm -hmm. obviously solomon had this love uh for this this woman who was darker skinned right there's a couple of others um in the book of ruth it talks about um obviously Ruth, uh, who's Moabitess, mm-hmm. um, and Boaz, who's a Jewish man. And then also Boaz's parents were in a multi-ethnic relationship as well. So what's fascinating, if you dive into that story, um, and we did, our, our church did a sermon series on the book of Ruth last last year. So I kind of have a, a little bit of a, 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 um, a look into this particular story, but Boaz's parents uh, were Rahab and Salmon. So if you, if you go back to the book of Joshua and the story of Jericho, Rahab is the prostitute woman in, mm-hmm. in the in the city of Jericho that is saved and and ultimately she marries a Jewish man. So so here you have multi-ethnic uh, uh, couple having a, a child, a, a son named Boaz, who then enters into a multi-ethnic relationship. Yeah. And here's the kicker, okay? <laughs> so Solomon's great, great, great grandparents or whatever were Boaz and Ruth. Yeah. So, um, you well, know, Bo- and they're, you know, included in the line of Jesus. Exactly. In the lineage of Jesus, mm-hmm. these people are, are represented. And so it's just a beautiful picture, uh, again, of the uh, the design, the plan that God has um, for people of every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every, every people uh, to come into his kingdom. And so... Anyway, that's uh, a little bit of what the Bible has to say and examples even of some relationships in scripture that that we learn from and mm-hmm. that we appreciate and I hope um, you appreciate as well. Yeah. So, all right, Leah, um, before we close, we got to share with the people out there, they're, they're dying to know what else we're learning. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. So, 
something that I have been learning mm-hmm. over the past seven years is multi-ethnic hair. Mm. Okay, so um, my hair, for those who don't know, and I've had people ask me um, if the girls get their curly hair from me, and I, <laughs> I wish my hair was curly like theirs. Um, but no, so my hair is more of like the kinky kind, where if mm-hmm. I grew it out naturally, it would be like an afro. So when I had the girls, so my genetics and your genetics combined mm-hmm. made the beautiful ringlets Mm -hmm. and so when i had the girls i was like oh my goodness how how do i how do i do their hair yeah (laughs) and so we've been through you know multiple different kinds of hair products you know testing things out seeing what was best um for their multi-ethnic hair and i think we finally landed on something but yeah that's definitely something that i had to learn Mm. how to because it's different you. than yours. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And what's what's fascinating to me, um, and, and again, this just goes to what we've been talking about today is just the beauty, even within our own family. Mm-hmm. You know, Lonnie, our oldest, um, is a little bit darker skinned uh-huh. than her sister. She's got thicker, uh, <laughs> curlier hair than yeah, her sister. Super tight ringlets. Colby, the youngest, is a little bit more fair skinned, uh-huh. a little bit lighter hair, uh, not not as thick. And so even within our own family unit, mm-hmm. there's there's variety, there's difference there. Um, and so you, you even have to kind of treat their hair differently. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um even amongst sisters. So yeah, that's been kind of fun to see is there, you know, how different they are, Mm -hmm. but how similar they are as well. Yeah. 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 It's cool. Well, what I'm learning, uh, a lot of things, but one of the (laughs) things that I have found super helpful and beneficial for, um, someone who, uh, maybe wasn't as aware of, uh, the injustice that people of color have experienced in our nation um, and do experience. Um, one of the things that I've benefited from are books and movies uh, primarily, but I-, I recently watched a movie on the plane coming back from New York last week um, <laughs> called Just Mercy. And it's the story of a young black lawyer uh, who graduated from Harvard, moved to Alabama and um this is a true story. You can actually uh, look this up. Equal Justice Initiative was started by Brian Stevenson. It was played by the actor Michael B. Jordan in the movie Just Mercy. Um, but a fascinating story. Uh, I'm not an emotional person. Almost brought me to tears at the end of the story. <laughs> so yeah, but it, it, it's um, it's just mind blowing to me. This happened, yeah. you know, in my lifetime. Uh, people on death row. Uh, uh, um, wrongly accused, um, wrongly imprisoned, and and on death row, be, going to be put to death for a crime that they didn't commit mm-hmm. simply because it was easy to accuse them. It was easy to imprison them because of their color, because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And so that was just um, another example of the atrocities and injustice that has been done um, to, to black men and, and black people, people mm-hmm. of color. And so that's definitely one thing that um, I have benefited from learning um, about those stories. And so I would encourage you, man, go go look up some of those movies or go find some of those stories, uh, movies like The Help mm. or Hidden Figures or mm-hmm. Just Mercy or um, 
uh, Free State of Jones. Some of these, uh, we watched, I think we watched uh, Harriet. Was it Harriet mm-hmm. recently? Man, there's just so like many of these years stories. Of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do your, do your research, <laughs> educate yourself. Uh, and and open up a new perspective uh, of what has happened here in our country, and I think it'll I think it'll help uh, help you moving forward as yeah. you uh, look at people. Because again, to 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 summarize what we said earlier, Jesus has made peace. He's broken down the walls of hostility. Um, Jesus does not want racism mm-hmm. to exist. Um, it is a sin, uh, and it is it is a horrible sin. And uh, God wants people from every nation to come into his kingdom. And so I'm just blessed to be in a relationship with you and to come into the kingdom together uh, as a husband and wife is yeah. going to be really, really cool. So thanks. Thanks guys for listening. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Um, again, we'll be wrapping up season one here very soon. Just a couple more episodes to yeah. go in this season before we take a break for the summer, uh, the beautiful summer that is here in the Seattle area. <laughs> I cannot so, wait. <laughs> looking forward to it. But thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys. We, see won't you see you. we won't see you next time. But oh, well. We'll be back with you again. <laughs> we'll speak to you next we'll time. We'll speak to you next time. <laughs> there you go.